It's wonderful being here. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks to Pastor Bobby for inviting me to be here today. Uh, I'm rather casually dressed, as you can see. It's hot. It's in what my friend Dean Thompson used to call the dog days of Pentecost. And when I was in the pastorate during the dog days of Pentecost, I like to give myself the freedom to depart from the lectionary and go to rather obscure texts, especially in the Old Testament, which can't be fully preached, and uh, concentrate on stories that mm, somehow got my attention. This is one of them from the rarely visited book of Second Chronicles, the 27th chapter. And we'll begin with a few verses before that. King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and being a leper, dwelt in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's household, governing the people of the land. Jotham, his son, reigned in his stead. Jotham was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all his father Uzziah had done. Only he did not invade the temple of the Lord. But the people still followed corrupt practices. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord and did much building on the wall of Ophel. Moreover, he built cities in the hill country of Judah and forts and towers on the wooded hills. He fought with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. And the Ammonites gave him that year a hundred talents of silver and ten thousand cores of wheat and ten thousand of barley. And the Ammonites paid him the same amount in the second and the third years. So Jotham became mighty because he ordered his ways before the Lord his God. And Jotham slept with his fathers, having reigned 16 years. And they buried him in the city of David. And Ahaz, his son, reigned in his stead. I'm standing here at this moment being completely dumbstruck. <laughs> I don't know how God is guiding this, but I'm sure that he is because Sarah and I are preaching two entirely different sermons this morning. You know, nobody does children's sermons better than Sarah does. And her preaching of this story from Second Chronicles represents a different point of view from mine, but maybe that's good. Maybe looking at this passage from two different perspectives will be, will be interesting. Well, I'm back in church. It's nice to be here. I wish I could say it's good to see you. I wish you could say it's good to see me. <laughs> but something's missing. I'm here, but you are not. You'd like to be here too, I imagine. Not to listen to me necessarily, 
but to be with your friends, for all of us to be together. We've missed church, haven't we? Bobby and the staff and the committee have done a wonderful job of bringing church to us. And we're looking forward to that day when we can bring ourselves to church. It will be a great day when we all come back to church, wouldn't you agree? Our story today is about a man who wouldn't go to church. It's about a king named Jotham, and Jotham, as Sarah indicated, is one of the few kings that the Bible historians have anything good to say about. As a rule, the kings of Israel and Judah after David <coughs> excuse me, were a pretty sorry lot, and David was far from perfect, but perhaps Jotham was different. I certainly want to give Jotham his due. He was the son of Uzziah, and he became king when he was 25 years old. I think that fact might be significant. Like his father Uzziah, Jotham tried to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but unlike his father, he would not go into the temple of the Lord. He would not invade the temple, it says. Now, that's a curious way of putting it. Instead, he concerned himself with work outside, building the upper gate of the temple, working on the wall around the city, making fortifications to keep the Ammonites away, campaigning very successfully against the Ammonites so that they paid him tribute. All that was very impressive. So what are we to make of Jotham? <coughs> Does he deserve praise? It's hard to see how he deserves criticism. And because we want to give Jotham his due, perhaps we would do well to compare ourselves to him. In the first place, it seems to be the case that Jotham was an even better man than his father was. Uzziah was not a bad man, but he made a bad mistake. In his zeal for doing the will of the Lord, he stormed into the temple. <clears throat> he invaded it and burned incense at the altar. Naturally, that made the priests mad. Preachers and priests are like that, you know. <laughs> They're pretty possessive of the sacred spaces. So if you're thinking about coming up to the pulpit one Sunday and standing behind it or dipping your fingers in the baptismal font, <laughs> uh, perhaps you ought to give that a second thought. I'm joking, of course. When Uzziah developed leprosy, the priests saw that as God's punishment for his sin. Well, that was a mistake Jotham wasn't going to make. 
Nobody was going to accuse him of doing anything wrong in the temple because he wasn't going in it. You know, if there is one thing that is almost universally true of 25-year-olds, it is that they are not going to repeat the mistakes of their fathers. I was 25 once. I am three times 25 now. But when I was 25, I was sure I was going to be a better man than my father, who was a good man. He would be 100 this year. And I think it would amuse him to hear my confession at his gravesite that he did all right and that I haven't done any better. (laughs) I have repeated many of his mistakes and made a few of my own. You know, when Elijah went off into the wilderness, having routed the priests of Baal, he put himself under a juniper tree and fell into a great despondency. And the most discouraging thing he could say about himself was that he was no better than his father. (laughs) I think any 25-year-old would know exactly what Elijah said. So was Jotham better than his father? Maybe he was. And I certainly want to give Jotham his due. For one thing, he didn't get leprosy as his father did. He didn't contaminate himself by going into the temple as his father did. That too is typical of 25-year-olds. When I was 25, I never went to church. The excessive zeal of previous generations, nobody was going to accuse me of that. Nobody was going to see me burning incense at the altar. Nobody was going to see me at the altar. I flattered myself to believe that I could worship God outside of church. A lot of people believe that. I don't need a church to worship in, they say. I can worship outside, God outside, in the marketplace, at San Gabriel Park, drinking coffee on the golf course, when I say my prayers at night and fall asleep before I finish them. But as I reflect back on that churchless period in my life, I am beset by some rather embarrassing realities. During that time in my life when I wasn't in church, how much worshiping did I actually do? Not much. Walking around in the woods or looking up at the sky, how much time did I spend thinking about the God who created all of this? Very little. How much effort did I put into reflection and prayer? Almost none. Did Jotham do all of that? Perhaps he did. 
I certainly want to give Jotham his due. Our text says he ordered his ways before the Lord his God. And maybe Jotham could do what I couldn't or wouldn't. Maybe he could worship God apart from the temple. Temple worship was in a very bad state. There was no doubt about that. People still followed corrupt practices, it says. Maybe that's why Jotham stayed away. But he was the king, wasn't he? If he'd wanted to reform the worship of the temple, he could have. Couldn't he? But Jotham chose not to do that. He chose not to associate with sinners. A lot of people feel that way. I don't know how many people I've had tell me, Preacher, when you get the sinners out of the church, I'll come. Get rid of the backsliders and the hypocrites, and I will be there. I used to say things like that myself. Not thinking that if I knew all about the sinners in the church, they knew all about me. You may have heard the story of the young man, about 25, I would imagine, who came to Charles Haddon Spurgeon, pastor of the Metropolitan Temple in London, and by widespread agreement, the greatest preacher of the 19th century. I would like to join your church, the young man said. But I need to know if there are any hypocrites in it. Yes, a great many, Spurgeon said. Are there any backsliders or dishonest businessmen or women of questionable virtue? I suppose there are, Spurgeon confessed. This went on for quite a while. And finally Spurgeon said, You are looking for the perfect church, and this is not it. But if you ever find it, promise me you won't join it, because it won't be the perfect church anymore. You know, Jesus said, you really ought to let the wheat and the tares grow together, because you can't tell them apart. And Robert Louis Stevenson the great psychological novelist, author of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, who knew whereof he spoke, said, there is so much good in the best of us and so much bad in the, there is so much good in the worst of us and so much bad in the best of us that it ill behooves any of us to judge the rest of us. Well, perhaps, perhaps Jotham could do that. I certainly want to give Jotham his due. Maybe he was right not to associate with sinners. Instead, he busied himself with outside projects. Instead of doing the Lord's work inside the temple, he decided to do the Lord's work outside it. A lot of people feel that way. Certainly, there's a lot of the Lord's work to be done outside the church, perhaps most of it. And I truly believe a lot of the people who are not in church 
or doing some of it. But everywhere I've gone in my ministry, to the hospitals, the nursing homes, the food banks, the thrift shops, the helping agencies, many of the people I see doing the Lord's work, I would also see in church on Sunday. It is simply a myth, a blatant falsehood, that people of faith hold themselves up in church on Sunday and let the rest of the world go to hell in a handbasket. But maybe Jotham was better than they are. I certainly want to give Jotham his due. He did great works outside the church. So what did all this amount to? What did all this accomplish? Nothing. Despite all this, Israel stayed the course toward disaster. Jotham ruled 16 years, and that was all. Jotham gets eight little verses in the Bible, and that is all. Worship in the temple got worse and worse, more and more corrupt. Jotham did not even attempt to reform it. He would not invade the temple, it says. It took someone greater than Jotham to do that. When Jesus came back to Nazareth, it says in our passage from Luke, he went to the synagogue as his custom was on the Sabbath day. I'm sure Jesus knew that worship in the synagogue and the people worshiping there were far from perfect. <laughs> but he went in anyway. And when he went to Jerusalem during that last week of his life and saw how corrupt was worship in the temple, he literally invaded it, saying, God's house should be a house of prayer, and you have made it into a den of robbers. He loved the temple. <clears throat> he loved the synagogue. He loves the church. The church is not just something Christ lends his name to, <clears throat> like a law firm, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Christ is not the head of the church like someone who is the CEO of a corporation. The church is the body of Christ. That is why, apart from the church, our service to Christ is incomplete and ineffectual. When I was 25, I never would have said that. But I'm saying it now. So when that day comes, that wonderful day when we are able to be together again here at this church we love. <clears throat> we will come with joy and thanksgiving, 
but we will bring, be bringing some of our sins with us. <laughs> that is unavoidable. In our clean Sunday clothes, we won't be leaving all of our dirty laundry home. That just seems unavoidable. We will still be less than perfect. It is unlikely <clears throat> that Jotham would be here, but that doesn't matter, not at all. Because somebody greater than Jotham will be here. Amen.